Good morning again, and God is good. It's... Why does Sunday come around fast? The week goes by fast if you're working or whatever. How many are working yet? Three, four? And when we retire, we still find stuff to do, right? That's a good thing. Keep ourselves occupied. But the Lord's work is, is most important. But I want to bring a word from Philippians chapter 2 that has to do with God is always at work in us. You just think about that. God is always at work. That tells me that he has work to do. I can look at myself in the mirror and I say, Lord, you have work to do. We have work to do. I can see myself, but I'm not looking at myself. But I know there's still work yet left in me to do. That God is not finished. Aren't you glad God doesn't throw us away if we love and mess up? Amen? God doesn't throw you away. He picks you up, corrects you, helps you move on. We have not arrived. We have not arrived. Paul even said, I, I press on. I, I forget the things that lie behind. I can't be all that he's called me to be in my own strength. When I try in my own self, I only fall short. And some people say, well, you need to try harder. No, I need to seek the Lord more first. Amen? I mean, I need more of Jesus in me. I need to lay aside myself to have more of the Lord. So God is, I believe in that prayer is more than just getting God to answer our prayer, but is getting us pray, prayers. He's working on the prayer. Prayer. He's concerned about the person praying and the attitude of their heart. And he's developing us to become more like him in like-mindedness. Paul said, I have the mind of Christ. What in the world? I have the mind of Christ. To have the mind of Christ is to think like the Lord thinks, is to, to walk like the Lord walked and be whom like the Lord is in our heart and mind. Does anyone need encouragement today? Every day I think we need somewhere, somehow, a little encouragement. How do you know that? Well, I live in the world too. Because you live in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus said those words. Amen? But don't be afraid. I have overcome the world. I am coming back for the church. I am getting ready to catch you away. In transformation, we shall be made new. Paul knew what it was to have a rough season. Paul, who wrote this letter in prison in a prison cell, could have said, why me, Lord? Look what I've done for you. I've traveled all over the world. I've laid myself on the line. I've been... 
shipwrecked. I've been exposed to the elements. I've been hungry. I was even left for dead. And Paul doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What he says later in the letter, he said, all these things is rubbish that I might know him. And so Paul wrote, wrote in the second chapter, if therefore there is any encouragement in Christ. In other words, if you have a word of encouragement, say it to someone. Right? The body of Christ needs encouragement because we're in the battle and the troops can become weary in well-doing. But the Bible says don't become weary, don't give up because you will reap in due time. And the fact of the matter is that the Lord himself is the one who fights our battle. He says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, I like to, I like to be encouraged but I find I'm more encouraged if I encourage others because I take my mind off my own problems and look at other needs around. My vision must be more than tunnel vision. I must have perspective on the whole. I must be able to see my neighbor and their needs. I must begin to reach out to other peoples beside myself. I must pray for People in the church, as Paul said, I mention your name. I love to call people's names out in prayer. I like to just call their names up to heaven and say, Lord, bless them and help them and encourage them and keep them. That's a good way to minister. If there is any fellowship of the Spirit, there's no other fellowship like the fellowship of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit, not it. He is a person. He is a third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is among us today, right now. The Holy Spirit living in you. If you've chosen Jesus Christ. If there is any fellowship of the Spirit, we have true worship when the Spirit of God is in our midst. If any affection and compassion... Make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness. Boy, we heard a good message last Sunday from Austin about selfishness. Remember the three points? The bag. The basket. And the barn. Three points about not being selfish, but being a channel, being a giver, giving. Now, make my joy complete. Do nothing from selfishness. In other words, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Wouldn't the world be a different place? There would be no budging in line. There would be no cutting people off in the traffic. There would be kindness. There would be people that understood or understands the way of Jesus. That we are not here just to live for ourselves, not merely looking, verse 4, not merely looking out for our own personal interests. It's all about me, 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 me in this world. What's in it for me? 
And when we come to church, we ought to have the attitude, what can I give to someone else or to the Lord? How can I minister to someone? How can I help you to be sensitive to reach out and to encourage someone? The fact of the matter is, when you're here, you encourage me. The fact that you're here encourages me. The fact that you're willing to come out on a 20 below morning and come to the house of the Lord, that's, a, that's, true, that's true faith. Is That's encouraging to me. Now I know there's a few that it's tough to come out in the cold. It's okay. God will meet you where you're at when you cry unto him. Now we go on. Paul is talking to us about one another. Our attitude. Our attitude, verse 5, is, is to be like Christ. And he explains an example of how Jesus came down to the earth. He did not take advantage of his power. But verse 7 says he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. What is the bondservant? A bondservant has to do with someone who volunteers to serve. A bondservant says, I'm going to serve you. It's like joining or enlisting the, the military. They sign up because they understand that it's important. They understand that's what Paul was talking I am a bondservant of the Lord. And he goes on. He talks about Jesus being found in appearance as a man. God taking on man. God becoming flesh. Humbled himself to the point of death. Not only death, but death on a cross which was a sinner's death, was a cruel death, was an agonizing death. But he was willing to come down and suffer the shame and the agony for us, for you and I. Can I hear an amen? What did think about that? The gospel is unbelievably changing people. People have to make a choice when they hear the gospel. People have to make a choice. And the choice is either yes or no. And I encourage you, if you haven't yet made the choice to say yes to Jesus, you could do it in the simplest prayer wherever you're at. Jesus, I need you. You don't have to understand the Bible from top, front to, you know, all you have to understand, Jesus died for you. I cannot say myself. I cannot live good enough. I cannot be good enough but Jesus, and my faith is in Jesus. And so being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, verse 8, therefore, verse 9, also God highly exalted him. You know the Bible says about um, who humbles himself, he will honor them, right? He who lifts himself up shall be brought down. And here we go. He bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Think about the name of Jesus. It is the name, Acts says, is no other name by which we are saved but through Jesus. And I love this verse. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. 
At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. You know that someday at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, whether they want to or not. I want to do it now. I want to surrender now. I think it's a good thing for us to bow before him now in our hearts, allow him to become. So number one, God is working in us, working. He's already done the work for us. Our salvation is paid for. But the work now, the beginning of the beginning of discipleship begins with lordship, number one, point one. Lordship. Oh, how that word sometimes is misunderstood. So salvation is a free gift, but lordship has to do with obedience. Lordship has to do with my willingness to follow him wherever he leads me. Lordship has something to do with when I don't want to and my flesh doesn't want to, I still come. As Paul said, I crucify the flesh. I've been crucified with Christ. He identifies himself as being weak, as he identifies himself with the need to crucify his own flesh, that he might have the power of Jesus and his resurrection. So my number, one of my questions is, what really encourages us? What would you say encourages you the most? Well, I love it when I see young people following the Lord. That encourages me. I love it when I see moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas blessing the Lord. I love it when I when I see people hungering and thirsting, it encourages me. I love it when people respond to the Lord in giving. I love it when people respond to the Lord in worship. There's a lot of ways to be encouraged. But some of the littlest things can encourage us. Even one word. You know what Jesus said to look forward to in heaven? Two words, well done. Well done. In other words, while we're here, God is working in us as we read on to the verse 12. So then, my beloved, just as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Paul is saying, I'm in this prison cell, but you, God is still with you. God is working in you. God is not going to leave you to work out your salvation. He did not say, work for your salvation. Amen? He said, work it out. In other words, work out your relationship. Grow in the things of God. Seek after the things of God. Lordship has to do with learning who he is. And therefore, learning who he is, knowing what he is pleased. What is it that the Lord would have us to be? One of the things that pleases the Lord is humility. One of the, another thing that pleases the Lord is, is unity, when we love one another. When we love our neighbor as ourselves. When we treat one another 
with the love of Jesus. When we share with people who don't know Jesus, the love of God. He wants us to take it into the workplace. He wants us to go into our schools. He wants us to walk with the love of Jesus. God is at work in you. Aren't you glad God is at work in you? I cannot fix myself. I cannot be good enough. I cannot try hard enough. But God, the Holy Spirit, is empowering you. He's filling you. He's going to give you the words. He's going to give you the backbone. He's going to give you the courage. He's going to give you the wisdom. All of these things come from the Lord. Lordship has to do with saying just simply, yes, you are in control. Yes, I surrender to you. I cannot do this in my own strength. I cannot try to pretend I'm someone who I'm not. I must trust, I must trust myself into the hands of God. Christ-likeness is an attitude. It should be a desire for the church. What should the church look like? What should the people of God? They should be genuine following after Jesus and preaching the gospel, the good news of his saving grace. At the same time, it changes our lives. And not that we have to do things, but we want to do things because of the transformation that is inside of us. Amen? The transformation that takes us farther than we could ever go in our own strength. Remember the man who prayed, Oh Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief? Many times we're like it. Similar. Our faith, I wish I had more faith. We say we have more, wish I had more faith. But what we're saying is that I, little bit of faith in the Lord, will move mountains, he says. It will move. It will put the enemy to flight. It will rebuke the enemy. It is the authority that we come in, the Lord Jesus himself. And I said, surrender to him. And I said, God, not my will, but your will. When it doesn't make sense, when we say, why now, Lord? Why is the gas tank falling off my truck this week? Literally happening. Right now, same. You know, it's just little stuff. A little stuff. They can get us all worked up. Thinking that, well, God help us. We live in a world that is broken. Jesus called you and I. Secondly, second point is to be lights. To trust him in lordship. Guess what? Here's the verse. I love verse 14. I can't skip over that because this is truly good. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Did you hear that? Do all things without grumbling. Grumble, grumble. Grr. Mutter. What, what did you say? Someone's muttering. You've done it yourself. You've muttered something. You know, it's, it's an attitude. Grumble. What? 
The people of God grumbled when they went through Israel, you know, the wilderness. They grumbled. All of a sudden, here's God rescuing, rescuing over and over and over, showing them miracles. They still grumbled. They couldn't see the forest for all the trees. That's a saying. That's not in the Bible. But it's quite a, is that a pun? I don't know what it is. You can't see the forest for all the trees. You only see the bad. Life is too short to be grumbling and complaining. We are called to follow Jesus. And he says, take up your cross. Yes, there will be hard things. Yes, there will be tests of your faith. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus demonstrated to us what it was to be obedient. But guess what? The world is looking on. Your neighbor's watching you. We're watching you. We see you. We know where you are. I pulled through the gas station the other day. I'm in my logging clothes. I'm filling up diesel. And this guy's sitting there with a red truck chugging, chugging, and diesel chugging. Looks at me and sees my truck. He sees the heater. He says, What are you heating the building? Gone out of building? He says, no, I'm in the woods. Oh, you're a logger? Oh, yeah. Oh, he says, Yeah, I log too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right away we had dumb in common. And then he said, What's your name? And uh, Gary Espeset. What? Gary Espeset. Oh, oh, you're that preacher? Oh, you're that preacher. Why, my dad talked about you. Well, I met him in the woods. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, we never know people that know you. That's scary. And our goal in this life is to demonstrate Christ-likeness. And if it's just one man, prove yourself to be blameless and innocent. What is that? That's a reputation. Gary Esther said, oh, that guy? Ooh, watch out for him. That should not be. If we are going to be men and women of God, with the help of the Lord, I'm saying, we fail. Don't just sometimes feel, ah! I missed the mark again. If you, if you humble yourselves and admit yourself, admit to people even, I blew it, I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Apologize, apologies go a long ways. Weakness. And I, I learn more from people who are willing to admit their weaknesses and brag about their stuff they do. It's like, what? Jesus is the real example. It's so good. Prove yourselves to be blameless, innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Paul had a crooked and perverse generation in his time, and it's crooked and perverse in our day. 
but the church is being built. Jesus builds his church in crooked, perverse generation. Jesus built a church in the town of Corinth, which was known for its sin. Corinth, Corinthian, was known for much sin. How many believe Jesus can build his church everywhere and anywhere? when he finds people who are willing to say yes. Yes. I'm in. Yes. Lord, build your church in Cross Lake. Lord, build your church in Aiken. Lord, build your church in Crossing. Lord, build your church in Brainerd. Wherever the smallest little places, Palisade, all kinds of places, little nooks and crannies, Pull people out of the woodwork. Go into the narrow places of this back roads and find people. Wherever there's people, there's ministry. And wherever there are people, there's a ministry of encouragement that needs to happen. To present a message that will encourage and lift people up by your attitude. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 60, let your light shine before men in such a way. What? You mean there's a such a way? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who may see your good works. What do you mean? That Jesus is working through you. That they may say, that was kind of him. That was kind of, that was going past themselves. Christians ought to be the best workers in the field. I, I'm all in for that. Christians ought to be the best workers on the job. Why? Because their attitude is going to be, should be, I'm doing my job as unto the Lord. What a difference that makes. Oh, you're not just there for the paycheck? No. I'm there to go up in time to give it all my all my all what I have to give it my best. Christian workers are the best. They ought to be. Why shouldn't they be? I believe that you bring the presence of the Lord. You make things better because not you, but Jesus in you. You bring things up to another level because of the Lord in you. And so Colossians 3, 23, 24 says like this, whatever you do, do your work heartily as unto the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as unto the Lord. If you're building a big pop-up burn, a big just project that you had on the, on the, you know, this 20-foot world's greatest pop-up, that was an amazing project. You talked about it at breakfast. It literally it was 20 feet tall, is that right? And it, it, it would chip up if a fish got in. Unbelievable. Did it work? Did it work? It worked. Unbelievable. Talk to Vern later. He'll tell you all about it. Do your work heartily as unto the Lord. The dishwasher broke again. Do your dishes as unto the Lord. All right? The garbage needs to be taken out. Do your work as You see, we are called to be people of the Spirit. People of the Spirit ought not to grumble. 
the people of the Spirit ought to be joyful, thankful, encouraging. There's something spilling over that is going to be contagious. There's something about the person of Jesus that people wanted to follow him. There was something. It is the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God brings life. Dark, dark world as it is, the church should shine brighter. Amen? In the community, when there are dark things happening, the church ought to be there to shine the light. Lastly, the word of life. The word. We call it the word. We call it life. Life. You know that God is life? Without God, there's no life. Without God, we wouldn't have what we have. Without God, we wouldn't have the breath in our lungs. Without God, we would not have anything worth really to look forward to or to live for. The word of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of the life. Jesus is a life. Jesus talked to a woman that was a stranger. She could not figure out what he was talking about. The well water that he said, give me a drink. I have water that will quench your thirst. You'll never thirst again. Way, 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 way. I want that water. What is she was thinking physical, but it clicked. Something clicked in her spirit because after that conversation with Jesus, she went back and the whole village, she told the whole village, I've met a man who's like God. And the whole village turns to war with just one conversation. Life. This is life. Only this life is really going to be life when Jesus is in our heart. When Jesus is in our life. When Jesus is the one we live for. When Jesus is the hope and the reason we, we stand for. All scriptures inspire the words that the, the Lord gave to us. His word. The word over and over again talks about the ways of God. Tells about who God is. That is what we need to be reading. All scriptures inspired by God. Wait a minute. All Scripture. Another version says, all scriptures God breathed. In other words, God uses a man, just a simple man, just a clay earthen vessel, weak man. Isn't it interesting how God uses people to do his kingdom work? Why didn't he just use the angels? That's my thinking. But the angels and Hebrews, they long to look into the things that we look at. God has chosen people. God has chosen the young person. God has chosen, a, he looks for a person whom he can fill and whom he can use. This old world, not much of a future without God, but with God there is a future. The world is not going to get better. That's not in Scripture. The world is going to pass away. But the good news is, Jesus, God's going to make a new world. And we get to be in on it when we trust Him. God is at work. God is just beginning with us. What we see now is just temporary. What we see now is just a shadow. What we see now is just the merely beginning, sunrises, I love them. Winter sunrises, sunsets, they're the best. The colors are brilliant. 
Don't forget, in the darkest times of your life, in the winter, even in the winter season of your life, there's a sunrise. Every day matters. Every day counts. We get to walk with Jesus. Tragedy happens. Brenda Carey's young girl, 13, took her life recently. She gets a phone call. They have our hearts broken. That mother will, will never be the same. This stuff happens. We need to be the people of God. We love people. You don't have to have the answer. You could say, a few things if it comes to you. But you know what people need when they're going through stress? Your presence. They need someone to hold them up. They won't probably even be able to hear all, all you're trying to say. Love. Carry them. Help carry the load. Yeah, I really believe the church is hungry for realness. This generation right here, this young people right over here, their generation, and I see it in my own daughters, they're looking for the real thing. They want real Christian community, genuineness. I believe God is doing a work in our youth. In our culture. He's at work. See, he already knows. He, he's already planning for the next generation. My generation's we're kind of going on the other end of it. We're kind of on our way out a little bit. The new generation, that's what we do. The older generations need to encourage the younger generation. And help them along. Encourage them. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall. We're all going to fail. But the best news is that Jesus uses failures. Jesus picks people that aren't going to be perfect.